You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Hey, everybody, check out the Break the Bell podcast, where we believe your voice is your most powerful weapon. For a weekly dose of our take on what's going on in the world mixed with a side of history. Find us wherever podcasts are found or on social media handle at Break the Bell Pod. And most importantly, never stop talking. Prepare yourself. You're on the run with Remzo W. Martinez. Hey guys, do you want to learn how to become a millionaire the easy way? It couldn't be simpler. Stop buying coffee. That's right. Do you know how much the average American spends a year, a month, a week buying coffee? If you just save that money that you give to Starbucks, McDonald's, or Dunkin', you could go ahead and have a great nest egg of millions of dollars. After 60 years of not buying coffee, it's that simple. And don't have fun. And don't do anything else. Literally eat shit. Live in a dumpster. Sell everything on eBay. Flip everything your grandma owns. Have 17 side hustles. Never sleep. You know, there's there's some truth in some of that, but there's a lot of nothing in a lot of it, too. And uh, the coffee thing, I think, is interesting. I heard uh, I heard the, the minimalist guy and shit. I should have notes. I should remember this stuff. The guy who does minimalism on YouTube and stuff, he, he, did, uh, he did an interview with this other guy whose whole job is to help you develop the negotiating skills to make you a better negotiator so that way when you go go ahead and ask for a raise you can go ahead and drastically increase your um, your overall salary and he criticized all the people on YouTube that are millionaires telling you to stop buying coffee and uh, he's basically like why would you deprive yourself of something you like um, that isn't necessarily that big of a cost on your life when you could go ahead and vastly increase your wealth and go ahead and create additional streams of income, both active and passive, so that way you don't have to worry about whether that one box of coffee is actually going to mean anything to you. And uh, there, there's a there's a lot of wisdom in that. There, there really is. Because I was very much at the beginning of my financial independent journey, with which I am still on. Um, I was I was spending a lot on a lot of stupid shit, and when I really realized that it was a problem, of course I went to the to the internet finance gurus that told me to stop buying coffee, and uh, I, I pretty much did. But then I got to the point where it's like, you know what? I like coffee, and sometimes I really don't want to make it, and I'm willing to spend four, five, maybe six dollars on something that's realistically like $0.75, 75 cents, 75 cents to a buck. And it ultimately came down to this decision. If I can go ahead and increase my earned income that I get from my job 
to something that is able to help me maximize my spending, investing, and spending mindset so that I can start developing the life I want to live and I can develop additional active and passive streams of income, I'll never have to be that person again that worries whether or not I'm going to be completely off my budget because I bought myself a cup of coffee. And it was allowing myself after a certain amount of time to give myself permission to spend again that it became enjoyable. Um, am, I, am I saying, you know, just keep spending on your, your frivolous habits, keep charging the credit card? No, no, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, you know, where, where you start is not how you're going to end in terms of that journey. And as you begin to go ahead and become more independent and wealthier and you're creating that consistent cash flow, um, you know, worrying about whether or not that one trip to Starbucks is really going to make or break your future is not going to be something you ever have to care about again. And honestly, I don't miss it at all. With that said, my number one source of active additional income comes from consult, uh, consulting, comes from doing author consultations, it comes from doing social media cons- consultations, and it comes from doing uh, campaign consultations. And in terms of my passive income, it comes through different forms like this podcast, those affiliate links to Robinhood and Cash App and those other things each time you go ahead and sign up. You know, I get a little kickback, you get a little something, something too, and we both win. But, uh, you know, my books and my writing still bring me probably the best consistent form of passive income. And uh, that, that's what we're kind of going to get into today because I see you. I see you. Don't think I see you. You're a little budding internet Hemingways if your fancy titled blogs and your interesting titled newsletters that are just coming out of nowhere and uh, I'm, I'm proud of a lot of you that are finally getting into the game of active blogging. I don't think I've ever seen more people out of the woodwork come out now and begin actually writing than I ever have before and I think it's good that people are doing this. I think it's good that people are pulling out a journal and journaling for themselves privately. I think it's also an incredibly brave thing when you put your writing out for the public to see. And, uh, you know, blogging is in a bit of a renaissance right now. I've got to say, I don't see the numbers, but I do see the world around me. And when people I never thought would ever, ever, ever want to go ahead and create a blog or a newsletter or something start coming out and start doing something regularly, I got to say that that puts a little pitter-patter in my heart. It's an awesome thing to see. Recently, uh, Substack has become the big bell of the ball, so to speak. I think uh, part of it's induced by two things. One, it offers a really clean, interesting blogging newsletter um, platform that is giving a lot of people the opportunity to try and get into a habit that they wouldn't have been able to get into because stuff like MailChimp and other newsletter services just aren't as attractive as they used to be. And, you know, people go for what's sleeker and what's more convenient and Substack Substack has that. And at the same time, I also seen a lot of people jump back over to Medium, uh, medium medium.com, that other uh, blogging platform. And it, uh, it's interesting to see why people are going 
to where they're going because I, I started writing on Medium back in 2017 and I have done some stuff since. Uh, I delete a lot of stuff because it just wasn't stuff I really liked and you know it wasn't it wasn't bringing me anything anyway. So I deleted a whole bunch of stuff, but I still have a lot of good things up there. And what's really cool about Medium is that I had uh, had enough of an audience from both medium readers but i had my podcast audience and my social media audience and my name recognition as a writer so uh, medium was great because i was able to go ahead and throw a bunch of stuff behind a paywall for the medium uh, partner program and you know i still get royalties from a lot of those uh blogs i wrote that i put behind the paywall and um you know, a good bunch of them were curated pieces. They were featured pieces for a bunch of the different uh, medium homepages. I think I was uh, featured in uh, the entrepreneurship section once. I was in a Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. I want to say two, three times. Uh, and I was also in the uh, – lifestyle and uh, mindfulness section, which is actually a really popular section there. My my article that I wrote on uh, float tanks, I think it was called uh, Flo- Floating in the Electric, uh, electric Technicolor DMT Machine. That's one of my actual favorite articles I've ever written before. That, that actually brings me monthly income. And... Uh, you know, Medium is a lot of fun, but you know, I have not written for Medium in a while, and I went over Substack for two reasons. Because one, uh, newsletter writing and blogging are similar, but they're not the same thing, and I'll get into it in a bit of a reason why. But I wanted to get a newsletter out to promote all the stuff I do, my appearances on other shows, episodes from this podcast and the Second Print Comics podcast, as well as keep people regularly reminded of my books and other stuff and other social media. Um, You can do that in a newsletter because it's more than just the content of the specific topic. It could be a bunch of things. And the thing about newsletter writing is I write it in a way which it's typically going to be under... uh, 350 words to try and keep my main topics short. And then from there, it's kind of an aggregate. So if you go ahead and go to remso, remso.substack.com, and you go on any of my uh, previous newsletters, what you'll see is I've got main topic, then I've got different categories. Uh, One is uh, the best stories in news that I read that week, what YouTube videos I watched that week that I think you'll like, a lot of the cool parlor accounts that I recently followed. Uh, the dumbest thing I read this week, which is actually a fun little segment I do. And uh, I also give a rundown of my complete list of appearances on other shows from the past week and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I like I like the newsletter style because I get to do a bunch of different things. It gives me something to do in my free time because I can regularly update things and change things around throughout the week. I send a draft of the main story over to my publicist who uh, does a quick proofread and then I schedule it to push it out between Friday and Monday depending on you know how, how urgent I want to go ahead and get it out. So at least it's out once a week. 
And the really, really cool thing about Substack is it's allowing people who have a pretty formed audience the opportunity to use their writing and to use this regular um, newsletter to begin to monetize it because, you know, for, for most newsletter services like MailChimp, you could basically use it for free. But if you want to create a subscription service or something, typically what you have to do is you have to use uh, other programs and they're not as user-friendly and some people are a bit intimidated by it. But this one, what you can do is you could set a monthly subscription and you can go ahead and just, uh, you know, accept a payment once a month like you would for Patreon or any any other subscription-based service. So that's that. And uh, I, I can tell you now, uh, if you sign up for my newsletter, remso.substack.com, you will not uh, have to deal with a subscription. I do my newsletter for free for multiple reasons. Because one, there are some stories that I want to write about. And as a writer, um, you know, when I'm not actively working on featured pieces at other publications, which I haven't done in a while, uh, I'm not currently working on a ma- on another manuscript for a third book. So even though I could do a journal, I could do other stuff, uh, the newsletter gives me something current to work about, gives me a challenge to work on, uh, it keeps my writing up, and it gives me an opportunity to share with you other news that I've, I've created kind of an aggregate for. So, you know, for me, it's just, I, I do it more for fun. I don't think I'll ever... Uh, do a newsletter that has a paywall over it. Um, I don't think. I don't think I want to do that right now. I just, I just, I, I enjoy in. I, I enjoy entertaining and informing you, and I get a lot of fun out of it. And as much as I could probably make some money off of it for the foreseeable future, unless I, I really feel like, yeah, you know, I, 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 I should put a paywall over here for one reason or another, uh, for the foreseeable future, I'm just going to go ahead and um, just keep it free. Just keep it simple. And you can go ahead and uh, you know go that go to the website remso.substack.com for the on the run newsletter, or you can just go to ontherun.fireside.fm where you find this show. Uh, you know, a smart person, a smarter podcaster would have mentioned that you can go to the, to the show website and click on the newsletter tab. But I'll make it super super easy because I'm a mega awesome podcaster, and I'm gonna go ahead and start including a link to the newsletter in each episode of the show. So starting today. I will go ahead and make sure that's on top of the show notes so that way whenever you want to go ahead and subscribe or see what's up, you can go ahead and just grab it there. I'll make it super duper easy. But, um, you know, with that said, it's in many ways, it's just another blogging platform, except what this does is it's specifically targeting people that like newsletters, that really want to go ahead and check uh, their inbox for a new newsletter, and they're kind of tired of scrolling through their feed on social media. Because I guess I, I guess it's gotten to the point where a lot of people are getting feed fatigue, where they're just so they're, – they're so – they're so accustomed to the habit of just liking or following something else that it's become less less personal and it's become more impersonal for them. Whereas, you know, subscribing for a newsletter has to show a little bit of commitment. And, you know, you you ultimately uh, you, you can scroll through your news feed and just complete 
completely bypass a lot of stuff that you might be interested in. But when it comes to a newsletter, I mean, everyone checks all the new stuff in their inbox because there might be something important. There might be something that really interests you. So I think there's a human factor that goes into preference that uh, newsletters have kind of, you know, kind of an edge on. What I've noticed is that people that subscribe to newsletters and stuff, they're more likely to actually read them. Whereas if you just subscribe or follow or like a bunch of stuff on social media, um, you know, you might read the headline and the caption, but the odds of you actually going forward and reading the piece is is a uh, is less likely. And, and this is really coming from somebody. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a millennial. I've, I'm a social media expert, so to speak. But I got my start in copywriting. In fact, I I got into copywriting because. I was really interested in direct mail when I worked at FreedomWorks because what I realized was despite all the phone call fundraisers and the um, you know social media online marketing blasts, a lot of nonprofits and companies still make a majority of their money by doing direct mail. And if you can go ahead and write really interesting, captivating copy, you could do really well at that. And this idea that you know of the of the thousands of people that even get your letter, or in this case, let's say a newsletter, uh, it'll be just a handful of them that end up actually funding a majority of your operation to make sure that you're not only meeting your bottom line, but you're exceeding that. There, there's something about building a relationship over time that newsletters and direct mail does that shows why it's still around and why it's still effective and why we spend so much, so much money in the in the marketing and advertising world on good copywriters and good copy for newsletters and direct mail. So that's just my two cents. But, uh, you know, some of you have been wondering, you know, is is Substack a fad? Is Medium kind of back on their resurgence? What is the main difference between Substack and Medium? And is one better than the other? Uh, I think just from my brief explanation of both, they, they both have – really good things available. I, I think it comes down to two things, intention and preference. And, and intention is really, you know, what, 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 why are you doing this in the first place? And what is the out, desired outcome you want? And preference is basically just going to be which, uh, which user interface you like, which one do you have a bit more of a natural preference for, you know, one of those things that you just can't really describe. So I, I'm going to go ahead. I actually found a pretty good article that, ironically, uh, was published by Medium. I think. Let, let me pull up the the guy, the guy, the guy. Okay, this is funny. So, uh, th- this gentleman wrote this piece back in April. His Medium blog is called Substack Writing, and I think um, <laughs> I think that is the ultimate irony. It's a blog dedicated to Substack writing, so writing on Substack, the Substack platform, on Medium. And uh, that's funny, but the author's name is Casey uh, Botticello. I'm going to go ahead and include uh, this article in the show notes 
So that way you can go ahead and read this afterwards yourself because I'm going to be kind of jumping through it and adding my thoughts as well. And and what's funny, I'm looking through this right now. I see the little thing that comes up. It's like you have one free member-only story left this month because it it takes – it's a paywall meter. So there's an exclusive story. That means I must have read two other medium stories I didn't realize. And uh, this is the last free one I can read before I have to start paying for it. That's another thing about uh, medium – uh, you know, as I mentioned, you can put paywall on there for people that are not medium subscribers. You get like three free stories a month, and then you gotta start paying. So that's one thing they do. That can, that's neither a positive nor a negative. It's just how it works. Uh, when I started working at the Washington Times in 2019, I had gotten there just as we started uh, metering for the paywall, and uh, it paid off. It did. It did. It actually did. Um, but enough about that. You're not here for that. This is Blogging Guide presents Substack versus Medium. Comparing Medium and Substack is online publishing platforms by Casey Botticello from April 1st. As I mentioned, I will go ahead and include this in the show notes. And let me see. Um, there are currently a few dozen online publishing platforms that allow writers to easily create and distribute content to readers. Uh, two of the more prominent players in the space are Medium and Substack. Medium is a social publishing platform that allows anyone to easily produce long-form blogs. Medium describes itself as a publishing platform where people can read important, insightful stories on topics that matter most to them and share ideas of the world. As a writer on Medium, you can share your stories of the world uh, with your easy-to-use editor. I can personally say that I'm a moron when it comes to most technology, and I found uh, Medium's editor tools some of the best I've ever used online. And if I needed help, there were many, many, many uh, medium tutorials on YouTube I was able to quickly pull up uh, to quickly demystify the things that probably should have been more obvious to me. Um, Publishing on Medium is free, and your stories you publish may be distributed to your followers as well as millions of readers who follow relevant topics. So what's really cool about this is, uh, you know, they have actual human curators and they have many different featured topic areas and if your uh, blog is really original and it's really productive you can get featured in different categories like I did I was featured in um, in a in cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and in mindset health and mindfulness and uh, it's amazing how fast uh, not only does it does it grow in terms of readership when you get curated but many actual news sites um they they look at medium and medium distributes them to other news and commentary aggregates and other websites can take uh you know certain permissions to republish your stuff a lot of my medium stuff has been not only referenced in actual news sites like i think it was the sun.nz it was a it was a sun uh you know, like the UK sun stuff, it's the sun, but in New Zealand, uh, I wrote a piece on news deserts, um, which are basically areas of the country that don't have actual local news reporting on local stuff. It was actually featured in the, the sun in New Zealand. And, uh, you know, a bunch of the others had been featured in, in a lot of other smaller websites, but it, it was amazing to see how fast my stuff was getting referenced and linked back to, uh, I think I've been, in terms of print stories, I have been referenced and quoted and linked to 
more so for my medium blogs than anything else I wrote anywhere. And that is pretty cool. And that says something about the medium community. So um, it, I mean, it, it worked. And what's funny, and this is kind of a side tangent, uh, I really wanted to, at one point I thought, I want to go ahead and write about watch collecting, which is uh, a hobby of mine. And I wanted to write about the economics behind it. So I thought I could write about all these different economic ideas uh, through the world of watches. And I actually wrote up a pretty long piece, which is still up on my uh, Medium blog. Uh, you can just find it at Remso. Uh, I'm sorry, just Remso Martinez. Um, I wrote about uh, you know free trade versus fair trade by looking at uh, the Timex American Papers Edition watch and why Americans aren't willing to spend astronomical amounts of cash on a made in America watch because it's just plain and overpriced. So I talked about free trade and fair trade when it came to that. And uh, I sent it to my editor at the Washington Times when I was there. He used to publish a lot of my stuff. Ethan was a was a was a very fair editor. Gave me a lot of chances when I was just the social media coordinator to still write. And uh, him and him and the other editor for the commentary section they they didn't want to do the piece. And one of them, not not Ethan, the other, uh, she said that nobody would read it, and it was not of interest to our people. So I actually went ahead and published it at Medium. I threw it behind a paywall. I made a good stack of money from that because I shared it to a bunch of different watch forums and watch groups online. But then it got curated in, I think, fashion and a few other places. And it got thousands and thousands of readers. And it was quoted in watch forums and other places. And it did very, very well. So... Imagine my surprise when I could just sit back and watch the money grow and watch the readers come in and my paper had just missed out on what could have been a very, very productive piece. But to each their own. Um, continuing, Substack is an email newsletter platform designed for small publishers hoping to turn their subscribers into paying customers. Writers get a content management system, a CMS built for publishing email newsletters, Integrated payments through Stripe. I, I want to mention that Medium also uses Stripe. And a website that can host free and subscriber-only content. Substack describes itself as a platform that empowers any individual to launch their email newsletters and to make money from subscriptions of super true readers. Substack reimagines content creation and distribution by empowering any individual to launch email newsletters that make money from subscriptions. So I, I, I want to really emphasize the fact that they were really pressing on the newsletter because even though you can just write generic blogs, there's a certain format, there's a certain type of expectation that comes from newsletters. They want not only exclusive opinions, thoughts, and commentary and news, but they also want a degree of uh, aggregate. That's why I lead with uh, some long-form thoughts on a story or a topic I feel important about, I feel is pressing, and then the rest of it is uh, is kind of an aggregate. But it's not just a bunch of spam links and stuff like that. It's, it's pretty curated, and a lot of it is uh, focusing on very specific things. Um, so, you know, I, I wanted to do that because if I just wanted to do very long-form blogs, I would probably just do it on Medium. If I, if I wanted to toss it behind a paywall or get curated, or if I, you know, having 
having done it before, I could probably just go back to any old editor I published with or somebody new, and I could probably just get get a good paycheck to do an exclusive piece for another publication. So, I mean, it's it's it, really understand. If you want to do a newsletter, do a newsletter. If you want to do a blog, do a blog. But Substack might not be for bloggers, and Medium might not be for people that just want to do a newsletter. They're different, and that's okay. It's all about the intention. What what do you really want to get out of it? What do you really want to use them for? Anywho, while there are a number of common features between the two platforms, there are also many differences. Uh, This article will examine the two platforms in depth and help writers determine which platform is best for their writing, if not both. What are the similarities and differences between Medium and Substack? And what's really nice about this article is they actually have infographs, which I think uh, are awesome. And the designs that they use in this article are actually incredibly impressive, I must say. I'm very impressed with this author and this publication. I don't know if he also did the infographs. Sometimes editors for different Medium publications tend to do that stuff themselves if they're actually a, a pretty cohesive and professional team. But uh, whether he did or somebody else did it, great job. And they've got two columns breaking down the differences between Substack and Medium. And, I mean, you, you really got to read this. It's, it, it's one thing for me to read it to you. It's one thing if you were to just read it in plain text, but I actually see the infographs actually are pretty cool. So I'll go from Substack to Medium and back and forth and back and forth. Uh, Substack offers free blogging, newsletter distribution, and email marketing. Medium offers free blogging and opportunities for writers to be featured. Substack connects writers directly with fans, but lacks a broad content discovery tool. Medium provides writers with a large built-in audience and content discovery tools. Successful Substack writers typically build their following around a niche topic. Let's say a thousand true fans concept. Uh, Successful medium writers typically build their following through internal platform exposure and viral content. Substack makes money by collecting a fee on paid newsletter subscriptions. Medium makes money by placing your content behind its metered paywall. All those are pretty accurate, I must say. Uh, Substack versus medium in depth comparison. While the infographic above helps quickly differentiate between the two platforms, it does not discuss the various subtleties and nuances which writers may be interested in when committing significant time and resources to a single platform. The content below offers an in-depth comparison of the two platforms. Platform purpose and intended function. Medium. Medium was created by uh, Ev Williams, previously co-founder of Blogger and Twitter. I never had a blogger. I certainly didn't know that he also did Twitter, but I could totally see where where the two are similar. Um, I wonder if Blogger owns Tumblr or if Tumblr owned Blogger. Hmm, Deep thoughts. Another show. He initially developed Medium as a way to publish writings and documents longer than Twitter's 140 characters, now 280 character maximum. Uh, Basically a long-form version of Twitter that would encourage more substantive discourse. In 2017, Medium introduced its partner program, which was implemented to help persuade writers to put their content behind Medium's metered paywall. All of this is a part of a larger attempt to make Medium a central hub of content, regardless if it is written by little-known writers or staff at one of Medium's in-house publications. And I've been published at uh, several 
of mediums in-house publications, uh, a few small ones and a few of the big ones. And, uh, those, those got me a lot of clicks. I mean, those in-house publications, which are, some are owned by medium, but some are actually owned by independent folks. Like you could start one now. Uh, those are very helpful if they're done right. Uh, Substack. A Substack publication is an email newsletter that you can charge money for. You write it, readers pay you. Or if you sign up for mine, you don't have to pay for shit. Uh, Substack's focus is on helping Substack writers maximize their earning potential under this model. To help writers, Substack offers the following tools for free to all accounts. Uh, CMS that has a purpose built for publishing paid newsletters, connection to Stripe. I don't know why they focus on Stripe so much. Medium uses Stripe too. Um, Connection to a Stripe account to manage payments and receive money in your bank account. A website built with 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 mobile in mind that looks great and loads fast on any device uh, in any browser. Um, Analytics that show your email open rates website page views and subscriber counts, and access to a growing knowledge database of best practices for running a paid newsletter business. Uh, and going on to Medium, Medium makes money by charging readers 5 bucks a month or $50 per year to access its content, uh, which is hosted behind a metered paywall. In the past, Medium had attempted to monetize content by allowing publications to charge subscriptions, similar to the current Substack model but it has since pivoted away from this model. Medium's paywall is unique in that it's metered and not a firm paywall, meaning you could read so many free ones throughout the month, but after that, you've got you've to pay. Uh, readers can read three articles per month, even if they're not paying subscribers. This is, impor- this is an important part of the Medium marketing strategy as it entices regular readers to become subscribers. This method is successfully used by Medium, but not many other digital media companies because Medium has amassed a tremendous audience and they continue to build this audience through their high domain authority. Um, and that's, uh, that's, that's pretty much that. Uh, going back to Substack, publishing on Substack is completely free. If you choose not to charge for your content, it, uh, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. Publishing on Substack is completely free if you choose to not charge for your content. Once you start charging, they take a 10% fee off the top of credit card fees from all your paid. Uh, I'm sorry, they take a 10%. I can't even read tonight. Once you start charging, they take a 10% fee on top of credit card fees. So it's 10% plus credit card fees from all your paid subscriptions. Um, on one hand, this is a good model because it aligns incentives for both publishers and writers. Substack writers must succeed for Substack to succeed as a company. That said, Substack's fees do add up and are something worth considering if you have a large and engaged fan base. If you're able to set up your own email marketing funnel and promote your content effectively, you may be able to earn more on Medium. Substack's business model relies partially upon writers utilizing uh, the tools effectively to reach new readers and develop a fan base. It's worth noting that Substack gives you direct access to consumer subscription info, emails, which if you don't know how to make money off of emails, call me. I will teach you how to make money off of emails. Uh, meaning you could theoretically walk away from the platform at some point in the future. On Medium, you do not receive reader contact info, establishing a heavier dependence on the platform and some loss of autonomy. So, 
it, it keeps going on and it, it gives you a lot of the differences. But ultimately, it, it comes down to like, what is your intention? And depending on what your intention is, some people, what they try and do is they try and double dip. Like they want to be on a bunch of different places, but that doesn't work. And I'll tell you why. And I I know some examples of folks who literally try and be on every platform and they try and do everything. But the moment you do that, you're just going to want, you're just going to end up, you know, watering down all your stuff and take it from me. I used to do that. I was one of the first uh, minds.com bloggers and I did a couple blogs, and I hated it. Uh, I was on uh, Liberty.me, and I, I, I was on that when you had to pay for it. I had to pay for a year for that. I've had my own WordPress websites. I've had multiple. I've had Wix.com websites. I've been everywhere. And ultimately, what I learned was that what you need to do is you need to find out what your intention is. What do you actually want to do, and what do you want to get out of it? And then you got to commit somewhere because when I was writing, uh, you know, exclusive content for medium, I was doing really well. And even my pieces that were not curated or featured in specific categories or picked up by medium in-house publications, uh, I still had enough of a following that if I went ahead and promoted my stuff, well, it could do really, really good. So it could still make me money. It just meant that I had to do a little bit more work. So even if your stuff doesn't get curated or picked up on Medium, it doesn't mean that it won't get a following and it won't get um, you know, views and you won't be able to make money. I will say this about Medium curation, though. And people often say that there's, uh, there's something called platform tone. Platform tone, I'm pretty sure there might be another word for it. That basically means that depending on what platform you're on, you speak in a different way or you use different words or different you know, tone in your voice regarding certain topics to fit the audience. And that is 100% true. If let's say you only base your opinion off me based off my – uh, different platforms, I will say this. I'm more provocative on Parlor. I'm more flamboyant and, you know, laze on Twitter. And I'm very apolitical now on Facebook. Uh, my Substack blog is very much me, but it's probably more focused on center right conservative topics. And when I wrote stuff for uh, Medium, I wrote stuff that was probably more more for a center-left audience. And, you know, it even came down to the terms I used. For example, I would never say there's a th- uh, existential threat to our democracy in something I would write for either my newsletter or for any of the publications I've published for because we don't have a democracy and i think that's very leftist language uh it's a it's a talking point almost like there's there's an existential threat to our democracy however that's how the medium audience and that's how the medium curators are so because i wanted my stuff to get read and i wanted them to take me at least serious enough to read my arguments and because i also wanted to get curated more i would use in sometimes titles why X, Y, and Z is a threat to democracy. Because you got to know your audience. 
whereas with uh, you know Substack, as they mentioned, it's really for the people that know you. So I almost feel like I'm writing more truer to myself on Substack than I would be on Medium. I do say that if I was starting today and I had no social media following and I wanted to use one of these free services, which one would I use? So really, if I'm like many of you and I want to get started writing on a topic and I want to start building my uh, you know social media clout and reach and my name recognition, which is the best blogging platform for me? I would say Medium. Because if you want to get in front of the most people, if you want to have uh, really people that will assist you, and if you want to develop a, a good base of work to really solicit, uh, Medium is the obvious winner. However, if let's say you have a following and you have dedicated people who like following your commentary and insight on specific topics – and you don't want to do maybe necessarily big long form blogs, but you want to do something which is more of a newsletter to you know straight into the point of a newsletter. Um, I think Substack is probably for you, and it's probably better if your biggest thing is you want you know stability and you want predictable income because then you could put the subscription uh, you know cert, uh, fee on there. Whereas with Medium, you know, your royalties will go up and down like anything else. So if you have a base of people and you really want to write for them and you want to grow that in a newsletter style, so eventually you could go ahead and put a paywall on there, do, do Substack. But I would definitely not use Substack if I wanted to be primarily a blogger and I was starting out. I would use Medium. Uh so that's uh, that. That's basically it. Both are good. Both are good. Both have their pros and both have their cons. But all that matters is you know your intention and you know what you want to get out of it. Because once you've got those things, you're all set. So that's about it. Hey, I, I do consultations on this for all the, for all this type of stuff because I've done all this type of stuff and I failed and I've succeeded. So please go ahead and shoot me an email. Let's go ahead and schedule an appointment. Let's figure out what your groove is and let's get your freak on and let's get you writing because I think writing is something that a lot of people ignore and that when you get the chance to do it, it's not only something that provides other people with entertainment and information, but it's also just good for the soul, man. It's good for the soul and what's good for the soul is good for your life. So go on, go, go get your, go get your Hemingway on and I will talk to you later. Thank you once again, please. Leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It costs you nothing. It means everything to me. And if you really value this, please take this episode, share it with a friend or two, and let's keep the conversation going. As always, listen to On The Run. I'm Remster W. Martinez. Take care. Be good with your bad self. And I will talk to you later in the week. other shows and more from the We Are Libertarians network at wearelibertarians.com.